Welcome to GenCast, a sponsored podcast series brought to you by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. I'm your host, Jeff Bukaliskis. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new, exciting GenCast episode we have today. We're going to talk a little bit about some 3D cell culture models. Let's meet our guest for today's podcast and find out a little bit more about them and what we're going to be talking about. David? Hi, Jeff. My name is David Sorrell, and I'm a cancer cell biologist by training, and I lead the cell panel screening group at Horizon Discoveries headquarters in Cambridge in the UK. One of the main drug discovery services that we offer to the life science sector is high-throughput cell panel screening, which we acquired a platform called the Combinatory Screening Platform in 2014 to do 2D cell panel screening. And today I'm going to talk about a new 3D cell panel screening offering. Thank you very much, Dean. Welcome. My first question is kind of a broad question, but I think important one. What are the advantages of using 3D models for high-throughput screening? So in oncology in general, you know, oncology has a notoriously high failure rate for the testing of new drugs in clinical trials. And there's many factors that may be contributing to this. One of the major factors may be the testing systems that are used. So still flat, two-dimensional, so 2D monolayer systems are the traditional mainstay of high-throughput cell panel screening for obvious reasons. These are very attractive, they're simple, they're low-cost, and historically they've made a massive contribution to our understanding of basic cell biology. And of course, they have also been used successfully to identify many successful drugs. So they are certainly predictive of in vivo drug behavior in some circumstances. And of course, we do a lot of that screening ourselves and have had a lot of success with 2D screens. However, with new emerging data, it's clear that 2D assays do not always accurately model the complexity of the three-dimensional tumor environment. So, for example, cells grown as 2D monolayers on cell culture plastic lack tissue-specific architecture. They lack 3D cell-to-cell interactions, and they lack nutrient and oxygen gradients. So these are all features that you would see in three dimensions in tumors in vivo. And so the mechanical, biochemical, and cell-to-cell signaling is very different in the 2D culture versus 3D cultures and, of course, versus in vivo. So the thought is that by adopting the more widespread use of high-throughput screening approaches using 3D assays, complement already existing 2D approaches, this may contribute to a significant improvement in the prediction of clinical outcomes. So, David, you being an expert in this space and, you know, in this topic in general, I think the general audience would really like to know what type of 3D cell culture models do you use? Well, at Horizon, um, as I said, we've been running 2D high-throughput cell-panel screening assays for many years using a large library of standard immortalized cancer cell lines. So when we were looking to develop 3D assay formats, we obviously wanted to choose a format that was compatible with our existing automation workflow and, of course, applicable to as many of our cell line models as possible. So the 3D field is massive. There's thousands of publications every year. There's many different types of assays, but a lot of those are quite complex, often involving multiple cell types, the use of extracellular scaffolds like agar, H-gel or synthetic hydrogels, and they often require quite complex imaging-based readouts. So in general, many of these assays can be quite challenging to work with at scale. However, one 3D assay format that stands out as being relatively simple 
And there's a lot of literature evidence supporting the amenability of this 3D system to high throughput screening is the use of 3D tumor spheroids. And these are produced by essentially plating single cell suspensions of tumor cell lines into low anchorage microtiter plates, just standard liquid growth medium. And this sort of forces the cells to aggregate and promote self-aggregation of cells into spheroids. And despite the relative simplicity of this system, it does indeed accurately mimic many aspects of the tumor microenvironment. So of course you have 3D cell-to-cell interactions, but also things like zonation, as you would see in vivo and tumors. So you have an outer proliferating zone of the spheroid, and then you have an internal sort of more quiescent zone. And often, depending on the size of the spheroid, you may have a necrotic core. And of course, you also see the nutrient oxygen gradients because the spheroid is surrounded by the medium, but the medium is not necessarily penetrating the spheroid into the center. So of course, you're getting gradients of diffusion of nutrients and oxygen into the center of the spheroid. So this obviously mimics much more closely a tumor in a patient. So based on these features, we selected spheroids as being an ideal format to develop our OncoSignature 3D cell panel screening offering. So maybe you could explain a little bit more. What exactly is the OncoSignature? So our OncoSignature service has been running for several years in standard sort of 2D assays. And OncoSignature is a service designed to rapidly test cancer activity of client compounds either as single agents, so monotherapies, or as combinations. And in OncoSignature 2D, our panel, we have a large, diverse, clinically relevant panel of cancer cell lines, and we can screen across these cell lines. There's 300 cell lines in three months, so this is a relatively rapid time period to generate data for clients. 95% of these cell lines are characterized in Cancer Cell Line Encyclopedia and Cancer Dependency Project. So there's lots of publicly available genomic data on mutation status, expression status, copy number status, and so on. The goal of this service is to help them identify responding tumor types, but also to link responses to underlying molecular features using the Cancer Cell Line Encyclopedia genomic data. And this is obviously very important to clients because it helps provide information that enables them to start identifying the patient populations that respond best. So, as I said, the standard 2D Oncosignature service has been running for several years with a 300 cell line panel. And this proved very popular with clients. And we received a lot of requests to generate a similar panel for 3D screening. In response to those requests, we've been working on the development of OncoSignature 3D using the spheroid-based 3D assay. And to do this, we took the 2D300 OncoSignature cell line panel. We did a large screen to test the amenability of those cell lines to form spheroids. And we were able to identify 200 cell lines that could form spheroids, and this became the basis of our OncoSignature 3D panel. And being able to conduct 2D and 3D assays in the same panel of cell lines is very important and extremely valuable to our clients because it enables them to better compare results between 2D, 3D assays, and in vivo. So they can better understand the behavior of their compounds in the different formats and also help them make more informed decisions about subsequent animal and eventually clinical assays and trials. So David, when we hear a lot about 3D cell culture, we often hear about spheroids. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what can spheroids offer and how do the assays actually work? 
So one great example of what spheroids can offer is around studying compounds that inhibit key signaling pathways. So spheroids are really excellent models for that. Again, as I said before, despite being a sort of deceptively simple model, there's a lot of literature showing that spheroids recapitulate the type of key signaling pathways you see in tumors in vivo. They do this much better than 2D model systems. So we're talking about major signaling pathways like the RAS, MAP kinase pathway, and the PR3 kinase pathway pathways, for example. And we did some work recently, which we published in a poster, which is available on our website, where we did a screen across several Oncosignature 3D cell lines using a small library of compounds to compare the effects of these compounds in 2D versus the spheroid 3D assay formats. And we found that the cell lines are much more responsive to the RAS pathway inhibitors such as MEK kinases. They're much more responsive to those inhibitors in 3D versus 2D. And this is a theme that has been reported on in several papers in the recent literature. And this has extended previous work at Horizon using more complex soft agar-based assays. So this is a really important observation because it suggests that screens for some class of inhibitors such as for RAS targeting agents are best performed using 3D assays rather than 2D assays. And this has been borne out by some recent publications looking at inhibitors of mutant KRAS itself, which is one of the most frequently mutated oncogenes in cancer. And excitingly, in these papers, it was reported that these inhibitors were best evaluated in 3D spheroid assays. And in particular, there was one paper that was saying that they would have never identified their inhibitor if they just used 2D assays. There are a range of other applications that spheroids are useful for. Spheroids obviously are useful for modeling the physical barriers faced by compounds entering sort of 3D tumor-like structures. And again, we've shown that for several compounds in the poster that I referred to that's on our website. And in some scenarios, they may also be useful for the analysis of bioreductive drugs, so drugs that are activated in the hypoxic core of tumors, because obviously in some spheroids, depending on the size, see a hypoxic core, and so you can test the ability of compounds that are designed to exploit that. I'd just like to add on and talk about how the Oncosignature 3D assay works. So in our hands, we use the 384 well-based assay using commercially available ultra-low anchorage plates. In the typical screen, we'll treat spheroids for between three to six days. For the assay endpoint, we use a very straightforward Adam Reed plate reader-based luminescent viability assay called Celtite Glow 3D, sold by Promega. And this is very similar to the reagent that we use in our 2D assays, where we use Celtite Glow 2D. And so it's very nice for our clients to have data generated in the 2D versus the 3D assays using very similar readouts. For the data analysis, Horizon has developed a program called Chalice, which is designed for the dynamic interrogation of large-scale cell panel screening data sets. So this program can generate things like dose response curves, potency and efficacy metrics for the behavior of the compounds in each cell line. And this is not only the software package that we use for the data analysis of a client's data, we also provide a viewer version of Chalice to our clients that they can use the same software that we've used to analyze the data and explore the data at their companies. Clients can either opt to screen all the 200 3D cell line panel, or they can choose a subset. So for example, if a client is particularly interested in a certain tissue type, they can drill down and select cell lines from that tissue type. 
In terms of logistics, we run the Onk Signature 3D and indeed the 2D offering in a continuous three-month cycle. So we run it typically three or four times a year. And clients can initiate their screen at any point during that cycle and during the year and obtain all their data within the three months. We deliver data on a monthly basis as Chalice files that clients can explore in Chalice. So a client can track the progress of the screen every month. At the end of the screen, we deliver a final data set and a final summary report. We've also have an optional bioinformatics add-in, and we've developed proprietary software that enables us to tap into the cancer cell line encyclopedia data and look for statistically significant links between drug response and underlying genetic features. So, David, with your extensive knowledge in the space, I'd be really remiss if I didn't ask you a forward-looking question. So, what is it that you see as the future for 3D screening at Horizon? Although spheroids derived from cancer cells are excellent tools and provide excellent results, they do lack the cellular heterogeneity of the originating tumor. And this is a limitation that is now being addressed by the use of patient-derived organoids, which is a very important, relatively new method. It was method of the year in 2017 in the Nature Methods Journal. And compared to spheroids, organoids do have heterogeneous cellular structure. They contain multiple cell lineages, and they also recapitulate the microanatomy of in vivo tumors. So, for example, colorectal organoids will typically form lumen and crypts and so on. Now, the challenges associated with using organoids for high-throughput screening is that they're quite difficult to generate in large quantities, and there are also typically significant batch-to-batch variations. However, these challenges have started to be addressed by companies like a company called Celeste, which is based in Cardiff in the UK, who have been developing innovative bioprocessing technologies to grow large amounts of organoids using bioreactor technology. And of course, this also enables standardization and a reduction in batch variation. So we've been looking to try and develop a robust organoid-based screening service for clients to augment our 2D and spheroid 3D screening services. And as a first step, we undertook a proof of concept study. And again, this is published in a poster and an app note on our website. And in this study, we used colorectal organoids generated by Celeste. And we were able to do a screen uh, in a couple of different organoid types and demonstrate very nice assay robustness, again, using cell to glow 3D from Promega. And excitingly, we were also able to show the expected genotypic specific sensitivities to a well-characterized um, targeted agent. One of the organoids had a BRAF mutation, and this organoid was very sensitive to BRAF inhibition. David, thank you very much for joining us on this GenCast today. Some really great insights and great information about 3D cell modeling. We appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to GenCast. For genetic engineering and biotechnology news, I'm Jeff Pogaliskis.